afternoon and welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we talk about everything sales. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but to close to building the largest pipeline of diverse early stage career talent. We are not just a company, we are a movement. On today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to Cheryl Parks, Chief Growth Officer for Consult, Speak, Coach, Recovered Shy Girl, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in our episode, Advocate for Authenticity in Sales, Mindset Master, and Champion for the Underdog. Cheryl, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be talking about this specific topic. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Something near and dear to your heart, right? Oh my gosh, so much so. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, then let's just dive in. So first of all, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background and your company and, sure. um, you know, how you got here. Yeah. So um, let's see. So short version is I was raised by a corporate executive, my father, who worked for a tiny company called Xerox. We made He made a very good living. And that is really what piqued my interest in sales he was um, really sales marketing, but that's really what led me to believe like, wow, this is a great way to make a really good living. A lot of times it offers a lot of autonomy. It's almost like you're running your own business as a part of um, you know, a larger gear shift to drive sales revenue. So I heard a lot of speak and saw a lot of sales related things in my household. So that was you know, circa high school-ish. And I will drop into where Shyest Girl in the Room came from, and then I'll take you through where I am. So Shyest Girl in the Room came from, I grew up in, as I mentioned, great childhood, um, exposed to lots of different things, horseback riding and swimming and playing instruments, and was going great on the East Coast. And then my dad said he wanted to become an entrepreneur, and we loaded up the car and moved to California. Oh, and my I, gosh. Yes. I spent... The very next year in my room, 24 hours a day, quiet as if I was kind of shy in New York, I was, I was debilitatingly shy in California. So fast forward, I went through high school, college, did some great things, but knew that if I did not find my voice, there's no way, there's no way I would be able to accomplish what I had on my list of things to do that you have as a high schooler, as a college student. And I started working on my own mindset and I did so every single day. I took a lot of steps between developing mantras for myself that I would replay in my head and I would change those year to year. And a lot of it was based in my sales career. Um, you know, really what we say to ourselves is what matters most because we do a lot of plan B and what if and just in case and all of these things I can, I can and I had to develop a much stronger mindset. And so that took a lot of discipline, which carried over into sales. So that was great. That worked. It was aligned. And uh, I spent most of my career, so this is where it's going to speed up. I spent most of my 25-year career either selling for medium-sized businesses, agencies, dot-coms, but always selling to Fortune 1000s. And then right around 14 years ago, I took a job at um, a company called Iron Mountain, and it's mm -hmm. a Fortune 750 company. And that's really where I got deeply embedded into solution selling and complex sales. And I was always a coach 
as opposed to a manager. And I loved that space for me. Um, I love bringing people to their highest level possible and helping them uncover it. And so I did a lot of coaching internally and then coaching larger teams because after about 08, everything became a group hug to make a decision in corporate, right? There was no more one person signs the, none of that. So I did a lot of coaching on both sides. And then as I came out of that area, I looked at some other areas. I actually took some coding classes. I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not that side of the brain. (laughs) So I decided to launch my own coaching consulting firm. I also do speaking engagements as well. But what we do in general is we enable and help guide people to land more clients by not sounding salesy or scripted in their own natural voice so that they can come to the table with their own uniqueness and understand that with your ideal client or really with any prospect, there there is an, an intersection of the uniqueness. And so if you're working on with ideal prospects, you're going to be the ideal salesperson, the ideal advisor. Um, I do a lot of teaching around um, how to stay heart-centered and not make it so much about chasing. I can tell you about 10 other things you can chase instead of chasing quota, (laughs) chase excellence, chase referrals, chase, um, you know, chase learning more. Um, There are lots of things you can chase that will feed into quota. So I'll- Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. There's so much to unpack. There's so many like brilliant- Nuggets of wisdom that I just, I can't, I can't even keep my, I'm so excited. So first of all, did you, uh, you probably didn't know that I worked for, for a division of Xerox for, for six oh. years as well, which is really interesting. And they have, you know, probably early on one of the best sales training programs, hands down. So yes. um, I know Ursula, um, Burns, who is, I admire tremendously, um, yes. but that's interesting. So your dad being a salesperson and being an influence in your life, I mean, yes. you know, I kind of joke that, you know, when asked as a young woman, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, a B2B salesperson is probably not the first thing that comes to somebody's sure. mind. So yes. did you, even though you kind of retreated and got a little bit more introspective and and shy did you still know that you wanted to be in sales i knew i wanted to be in business and the more i looked at being in business i understood the importance of sales it's like the importance of technology mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't they're, they're never disconnected right there may be some areas but that's not the norm. So I knew business and I knew that it would, it would require building relationships. And, and let me just put my mom in here too, because she's in nursing. So I get a lot of the heart centered pieces of it. I didn't realize this until a couple of years ago from her side and her thought process around how you treat people and show and how you show up and things of that nature. So the two really married together and I didn't realize it. Um, for years. And, and now I'm very clear and candidly, the landscape has changed, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, yeah. The landscape changed. And so I was, you know, where the puck was going according to Wayne Gretzky. So. Yeah. 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 You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I, and I have to say if my father had not been engaged in an organization that had such high level sales training, 
candidly, I don't know if that would have piqued my interest. I think I saw it as this level of excellence and the way you show up and um, understanding, you know, really doing your homework and I'll call it practice, but really just getting comfortable with your messaging and how you present. And I saw him doing that in a lot of different spaces. And that's what intrigued me. Yeah, I like the correlation between sales and and business, right? That it's just a part of it's an, it, it, it. If you don't have sales, you're not in business, right? <laughs> so you can't really, you know, you sort of can't can't um, segregate. You know, you can, you need one needs the other, right? Like absolutely. So I I really love that perspective. But let's talk about. So what was your favorite, you know, mindset mantra? So I started off because I was just coming out of the shyest girl in the room. I started off with act like the person you want to be. So I'm not referring to someone outside myself. I started to think about who do I want to be in three or four years. And I started to walk in those shoes. I wanted to be confident. I wanted to be the listener in the room. I wanted to connect dots. I wanted to have people say, I really liked working with her. So I started to put together that um, mo- that model for myself. And I started walking the walk. So that was great. Um, and it really let me use an alter ego of sorts, right? Because yeah. I was being someone that I would be down the road. I had uh, act like the person you want to be. I've had, um, there was one mantra that uh, I, I now am back to using be your excellent best. I think that came after act like the person you want to be. I personally just, Every word in that means something to me. Be present, your meaning me, excellent, best. I can only be who I am. And as long as I'm being the best I can be, that's all it can be. And so uh, from there, I had a mantra, and this will speak to corporate. I had a mantra that was um, be so good they can't ignore you. Mm-hmm. And I think Love we that. all know what that means, right? We all know that I was the voice in the room where someone would say, What do you think? I would say, I think we should do ABC. We would go all the way around the room and it happened to be all men in the room. And I'd say seven or eight people. And the by the time they got to number eight, they came up with my idea. Yeah. <laughs> no hating like, on yeah, that. Yeah, I said but, that an hour ago. We could have yeah, yeah, saved yeah, a lot of time. started <laughs> with that part. And, you know, it just happened to be that it was, a, it was the idea we were looking for. Um, so I started to just be so good they can't ignore you. And but I, I caveat that, right? I add a disclaimer to that because that puts that means that people outside yourself have to validate you. And so looking back, that was a position in my life. But I always tell people, you're not looking for validation outside yourself. So it was just a learning experience. Um, but yeah, I've had the value lies in the difference. You know, how are you going to be different? How are you not jumping up and down going, pick me, pick me. We need water. We sell water. <laughs> we need <laughs> balloons. We sell balloons. <laughs> right. So we all Even know. Even if we don't, we can figure out a way to. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's, it's always been something that I just um, was very clear about. And one of the other things that drove me early on in B2B sales was I wanted to be the person. I always wanted to be the person that if you saw me on the street and I had been in your office as a salesperson, that you would say, there's Cheryl, she really helped us. She said they couldn't do it before we went down the path, whatever the case may be, and not, oh my gosh, 
don't don't use her. Don't use that company. So I, I started really chasing referrals and recommendations. And, and I was really focused on people being able, to, being able to use people as a reference if I needed to. And I didn't ask for a lot of references, but that's what drove my behavior. Yeah, I think in, in sales, um, integrity is so important. And, you know, you talk about, you know, chasing quota. Um, I, you know, in my, from my perspective, I, I sort of think that that puts the sale and the revenue before, you know, creating the right solution or solving the right problem and being able to really move the needle for, for your client. And there have been yes. times in my sales clear career, and let me tell you, you know, there is a lot of pressure to meet quota, but where I've had to say, you know what, um, I think I'm going to, you know, as much as I would love to work with you, you know, Mrs. Client, um, yes. I'm not sure that that's our core competency. And right. I would like, you know, I think I'm going to have to back away from this mm-hmm. particular opportunity. Um, but if you ever have an opportunity for X, Y, and Z, where I know that, you know, we can really excel at that, you know, call me. And let me tell you, they will, because, yes. you know, sales yeah. is based on on trust. And I think trust is built on a foundation of integrity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think people, and I know, actually, I don't think, I know people appreciate it when you say, this is on the fringe of what we do, right? So now, are you looking for it to be a beta or not? Like, or right. letting them know it's not in our core competency or just we flat out don't do that. I'm happy to refer you on or I don't know. I don't have a referral for you. Right. Just yeah. it's, it's the honesty, the integrity, like you said, it's just say what it is. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's pivot a little bit to um, this idea of mindset versus personality, um, yes. you know, because I, I don't know, would you would you agree that in your mind, those are two different things or do you, that work together or do you see them as the same? I, I come from the school of thought that your mindset drives, it drives everything that we do, right? So the brain is here to protect us. The brain doesn't want me to do anything different. The brain didn't want me to say, let's go beyond a, po- a great podcast today, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. The brain wants me to do what I do every day. So I come from the school of thought that you can tell your mind whatever you want it to do, and it's going to follow. It just It's just the way it's set up. Personality-wise, I think it feeds it. I'm sure that there are, you know, there's scientific evidence of certain things, but I definitely think your mindset feeds your personality. And if it doesn't, it will present a disconnect and clients and prospects will see that too, right? Mm-hmm. So if your mindset is to chase quota, but your personality is to come in and be this super nice person, woman. But in my mind, I'm just looking for quote. Like at some point, it, the universe just doesn't going to let that happen. <laughs> just yeah. Not. You know, yeah. it could happen for a short period of time, but at some point that's going to show up. So you just have to be really clear on who you are. And I'm not saying chasing quotas is bad. I'm just saying it wasn't my thing. If, if that's what you do and you're great at it and people know when you walk in the room, here he comes again he's going to ask for the the deal, like the sale. She is going to ask for the sale. That's great. If it's working for you and that's the environment you're in, I haven't worked across all spaces. 
So I'm, I'm just speaking from my own experience. Yeah, I mean, I think being true to your authentic self uh, is the key. So I think that disconnect, at least for me, is yes. when I am not being 100% true to who I am, right? To my innate personality. And I mean, I have found that when I'm, I'm focused on uh, doing the right thing for my client, doing the right thing for my company, doing the right thing for my community, uh, for my family, you know what? The money's going to follow. I don't have to lead. I don't, you know, I don't have to lead with, with quota because that's going to happen if you're doing the the right things in your life. I mean, is that for you sort of the whole definition of, of coming from your heart? It really is. And I do depend on numbers. So, you know, I understand that if I want to sell X dollars in the month or in the quarter, in the year, that it's going to take activity and being in action. And so there is a sense that I have this model that I follow. I know that my closing ratio is going to be significantly higher because of the model that I come to the table with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In being my authentic self and looking for solutions and asking good questions and being an active listener and things of that nature. Um, So yes, I do. I lead with that understanding that we do still have to base it on numbers and forecasts and projections and, you know, goals and things of that nature. I just don't chase it. I think, you know, I'm not the first person to say this. When you chase things, they become very elusive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. So I, yeah, I, I, there are lots of other things to chase that will get you to quota. Right. And so that's really where I come from is like, let's chase what, let's chase what works for the client to get the ideal client, you know, on board. And, and provide solutions and results and outcome for them. Yeah. And I do love the whole idea of the, uh, the mindset of creating who you want to be, even though if you're not there yet, right? To me, that yes. seems like a, a great, great advice for people who are in, you know, early stages of careers that ha- that envision themselves as being a future leader, if you yeah. are acting in advance or acting like a leader, you know, you're going to get there. I don't yes. know. I, I'm probably not articulating it as well as you, uh, you did. You're but right I, on the but mark. I, I know, but I, I love that concept, actually. Yeah, you're right on the mark. And I'll add something to it. So again, out getting outside my mindset, I tried out for the basketball team in college. I went to University of Houston, which was a Division I school, which of which I was not competent enough to be playing Division I basketball, but I went for it. And when I didn't make the team, I went back in and said, is there something I could do just to stay around the team? And they said, sure, we need a manager. Sign here for your scholarship and your room and board. You can live in the athlete's dorm. You can travel with us and all of these great things, right? So this is phenomenal. What came from that, which is why I love role-playing and practice and rehearsal is if the women needed to shoot a hundred shots, I was rebounding a hundred times. If they needed to rebound a hundred times, I was shooting. So I became better and better and better. And I realized that that is the key, right? So I say perfect. I'm sorry. I say practice doesn't make perfect. It makes natural, comfortable, and confident. It really, perfection is not the goal natural, comfortable, and confident is the goal to walk in and know 
I've taken the shot a million times and, you know, I can do it. I've, I've been on, I've been in presentations. I've responded to RFPs. I've done all these things. So I really have a sense that I'm comfortable and I just need to do my excellent best. Yeah. I, you're recovering, um, you know, shy, shy person. Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, I have to tell you, I mean, so I, I love, I do really like the concept of, you know, perfection is not your, your end state, right? Um, because it's elusive. You there, there's, it's, it's not achievable. It's not an achievable goal, perfection, right? I literally had to write a goodbye letter to perfect tidy. Wow. Good for you. That's that's a great, yeah, that's a like great ways to do things, right? Yeah, we're done. Yep. It's just let it go and yeah. just realize that I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes along the way. And and that's OK, as long as I'm making progress each and every day. Yeah, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot, I mean, you, as I said at the beginning, you know, girls who sell is not only about closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but you know, we're we're really focused on uh, building a, a diverse community of um, early stage female sales talent. And yes. um, you and I talked briefly about this. You know, if you look at the 35 percent of women who are in sales today, um, mm-hmm. the largest percentage are, frankly, white women. So mm-hmm. what, from your perspective, needs to happen in order for us to be able to attract more diverse women into sales? So I asked this question of a group that I was working with about a year ago. I asked the question, and it happened to be that they were um, primarily African-American women, but just a diverse pool of women. And I said, what is it about sales that most people just run from? And there were a lot of comments. Um, First and foremost, it was this idea of the warrior, right? The old hunter farmer model. So, you know, go out and kill it and bring it home. And I'm sorry, I'm not being politically correct, but that was the old model. It yeah, was, it is. <laughs> yeah, ring the bell and, you know, and all of this hype up. Um, it was the idea that people thought that um, when you're in sales, you're you're almost, you're, you're, you're working, you know, there's travel. There's a lot of time away from the family and things of that nature. It's all different now, but I'm just giving what was a year and a half ago. <laughs> okay. So there were perceptions around, and someone even said, women tend to be nurturers and nurturers don't win in sales, right? Mm-hmm. You you have to be more assertive, aggressive, right? There's all of these myths and thoughts that go around what a salesperson is. And most of it follows what a poor salesperson is, right? <laughs> we remember the salesperson that made us uncomfortable. We had buyer's remorse. We didn't like their approach. You know, lots of things, right? We, The person who sold us our house or our luxury car or the vacation, they almost become a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they almost become the person you would invite to the barbecue or the, the, the party. And you'd say, oh yeah, I've got a great, you don't say I've got a great salesperson. You say I've got a great travel agent. I've got a great, I've got a great realtor that I can point you in the direction of, right? But sales is really the foundation of it all. And I think the other thing is also, you know, um, again, to go back to this device here. Mm-hmm. So 
our, our young people, I won't go back as far as the children, even though they are included, our young people are very proficient in this area. And technology, we don't really even have technology departments anymore because everything is based on technology. Mm-hmm. Well, in business, I mean, everything is really kind of circa sales, circa new clients, circa client loyalty, circa client experience now, right? So if there, there should be a sense that the foundation is that, right? Whether it's an entrepreneurship or um, I worked at a company where there was a point where we all needed to be selling. So I did a lot of coaching for the leadership team and for the technology team. If you're out and about talking to people, you should have a sense of some of the questions you can ask, right? So mm-hmm. things have changed. It's just, it's a great change, but I think that's that myth of, you know, as you mentioned, of um, the warrior and being aggressive, assertive, and all of these things. Um, I think people are becoming a little more savvy around it, but I still think the numbers aren't there. I think it's, the numbers aren't showing up, right? Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, we we literally interviewed hundreds of, of women across, you know, with the launch of, of Girls Who Sell. Um, and it's, I think it's just time that we just bust those myths up and those yes. misperceptions. And actually we're launching our first training program called hashtag explore sales. And yes. it tackles exactly that, Cheryl, right? Like, you know, here are some of the 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 misperceptions about what sales is. And what I hear a lot, and I'd be interested in your perspective on this is, um, you know, no, I can't get a job in sales because, you know, I don't have the personality for it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Or I'm shy or I'm analytic or I'm an introvert or, um, you know, and, and, and to me, and we talk about this is that's your superpower, right? Like that is actually what is going to make you so fabulous um, at being a sales executive. And so how do we take that, that innate skill and, um, and not try to change you, right? right? Not try to make you something that you're not, but how do we take that innate personality skill, your dominant um, personality traits and, and then, teach you how to leverage that to be successful in, in, in a career. Yeah. So I'll speak from my perspective, being the shyest girl in the room when I was in high school. And it took me a long time to realize that what my, where my superpower comes from is just that when you're shy, you stay in your head a lot. So I understand people that are in their heads, whether they're entrepreneurs and small, mid-sized business owners or leaders trying to kind of step into the sales arena so they can help their team. So that's one you're, you understand, right? So what is it that you understand based upon something that society says is not the sales persona, right? Mm -hmm. So being so shy, I observed a lot. I listened a lot. I listened to people go around the whole process and I was patient and I started to understand where their issues were before I jumped in and started saying, well, this is how we can do it. And I asked questions, things of that nature. If use your superpower and just look at the reflection of it and see what that brings you because you are X, because I'm analytical, 
what what does that do? What does the mirror, what does the reflection look like, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm analytical, it means I am, and I'm not, so I can't fill in the blank, but (laughs) because I am analytical, I am also X. So you can start to take inventory and always look at the reflection, um, the reflection of that too. I'm a, a photography buff. So I read in a photography magazine, people, I love taking pictures of the sunset. And someone said, when you're watching the sunset, you should turn around and look at the reflection on the buildings behind you. And it's absolutely beautiful. And that's always stayed with me, right? Look at the reflection of who you are, who you think you are, who you think you're not. Just take an inventory because it's there. And then use that to to begin to overcome some of those limiting beliefs when you that's such a great exercise, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I'm shy. Or because I'm an introvert, I am also very good at listening. You know, exactly. I'm also very perceptive. And, yes. you know, and then that's your superpower. It is bar none my superpower. I can tell you I have conversations with clients and it doesn't, it does not take me long to understand where they are. I may not give all the right answers all at once. But at least I understand where they are. That's uh, someone just said to me, they sent me a text and said, you're really good at meeting people where they are. <laughs> so, you know, I received that. Yeah, I received that. Right. And I'm respectful of it, too, because it is a learning process. And so also, like, be easy on yourself and understand that sales is a process. Learning how buyers buy is a process and understanding the intersection of where you sit is a process. And the most important thing you can do is to, to get in action or stay in action. So ask questions and try to understand. And when you think you understand, ask one more question, right? Without being annoying, right? <laughs> At some point, people want an answer, but you can just, you know, and if you're learning, you can let people know, I'm learning this now, but I'd like to understand how it works or what you're most interested in and why those types of things. Yeah. I love that. Well, my goodness, we're, I could sit and talk to you all day long. I know. Um, <laughs> we're a little probably past our time, but um, maybe just wrap up because uh, we didn't really touch on it, but, you know, for our listeners um, and you just, you just did touch on a little bit uh, mm-hmm. about buyer behavior and, you know, you know, about ROI versus ROE, and maybe you can tell individuals what that actually is. Sure. So again, the buyers, buyers today, prospects today come very, very educated. It used to be salespeople carried the bag, so to speak. That's not the case anymore. And so we need to form partnership where it's appropriate to make, to take the journey, right? And there are lots of ways you can do that. And word choice is a good like stepping stone to that, right? The way you phrase things and not, you know, it's it's not rocket scientist stuff. It's just the words that you use to communicate what it is you're trying to help them with, right? So that's one. The other thing is um, a lot of times it's not an ROI, return on investment. A lot of times it's a return on energy, right? It's a return on their bandwidth. It's a return on them finishing the proposition because, they keep going through this process, your client. And, you know, these days it's four or five people you're coordinating schedules with and you're trying to make sure everyone's getting sign off. So a lot of times it's return on energy 
And it's literally, I say this as well, your process is part of your product. So if your process is super sticky to, to become a client, that is going to, it's going to show up glaringly. So things like that, understanding that it's, it, there's more to the dollar and the revenue and the, the investment. It's, it's also about the people that are involved. Mm. Yeah. Sales is a people business, right? It's, yes. It's people sell much. to people at Absolutely. the end of the day. Yeah. That's the H in my heart-centered framework, which is human to human. Human to <laughs> human, human. human. Yes, human to human. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, if you, How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so my website is www.thesalesgrowthcoach.com, thesalesgrowthcoach.com. It's all everything. There's a space there for corporate. There's a space there for individual business owners. There's a space there if you want to subscribe and just get, I have an article coming up called The Silver Buyer that talks about what buyers are looking for post-2020. There's lots of different ways we can just stay in touch, but feel free to jump on, take a look. Let me know if there's anything I can do. I love talking to people and learning about what they need. That sounds that sounds great. Thank you so much. And if any of our listeners want to learn a little bit more about Girls Who Sell, you can go to www.girlswhosell.com. That's girls with a Z, by the way, G-I-R-L-Z, whosell.com. And um, there's, you can get a hold of me um, through the website as well. I'm um, pretty responsive and love talking to people all the time. So... <laughs> That's what I do for a living. So I guess I better like, right. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for, for participating. I really appreciate your time today. Me too. Thank you so much. And I look forward to engaging in the future.